0: First reading is from Hosea chapter six, starting in verse one. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will blind, bind up our, up our wounds. After two days He will revive us. On the third day He will restore us, that we may live in His presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to the knowledge, acknowledgement of him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Therefore, I cut you in pieces with my prophets. I killed you with the words of my mouth. My judgment flashed like lightning upon you. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, an acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Second reading is taken from chapter 9, starting in verse 9. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need doctors, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Verse 18. While he was saying this, a ruler came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then a woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, my daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. When Jesus entered the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Use of this spread up, spread throughout all the region. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So, wonderful. Let's pray. Loving God, we give thanks to you this morning. We praise and worship you because, Father, you are the one who has called us to serve you. You You've called us, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we know that, Lord, your purpose for us is permanent. What you have decided to do, nothing can change it. No one can change it. Your blessing, O God, upon us. Not even, Lord, our misdeeds, because you are the one who has said to us, Your sins are forgiven. So, Lord, we praise you and we honor you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, this week something happens, sometimes it happens to me, and that is when I'm asking God, God, what do you want me to talk about? You know, in the um, calendar for the first half of the year, you know, we had topics all written out, but from time to time, sometimes God says, no, I want to, talk, to some, you know, talk on something else. And so I was just reflecting, and the days were going by. Um, Joe and I had um, something here on Tuesday. We were taking Eleanor through um, the baptism course. And by the way, if you've never been baptized, meet me, and we will arrange to have you baptized alongside Eleanor. We have our baptismal font at the back there, and uh, we're looking forward to putting it back to use so that would be sometime in august so if you haven't been baptized already it's time for you to think about it okay so that's aside so as, as week on that tuesday george says to me george what is your topic for this sunday because i'm leading the worship i said oh you are okay that's fine i'll let you know but at that point i was still just working through this in my mind saying god what is it And by Friday still, we came here at the church, Bull Rushes. Joy says to me, George, now do you know what it is? I said, don't worry, I'll talk to you after Bull Rushes. At the end of Bull Rushes again, I was just thinking, God, just tell me what this is all about. And then when Joy came again, I just said, okay, you know what? You have this song you wrote there, Hope Has a Name. I think that's the topic. It's like being in a restaurant, and they're asking you, what will you eat? Um you know, oh, okay, I'll have what they're having (laughs) because you're actually not sure. And so I said, okay, well, hope has a name. But then I still was not satisfied. And by yesterday, it actually came very clear. And that is when that theme The audacity of faith. The audacity of faith. The scripture we just read in Matthew brought out clearly, powerfully, this particular incident, three things happening on the same day, virtually like set up one after the other. We know very well, of course, that Especially at the last church meeting, some people were asking questions about the word being audacious. And I was just thinking, okay, God, what are you really saying here? But listen, the call of God upon our lives is not really about arguing over words. What is God saying to you at every particular time in your life? Some things God said to you might make no sense at all. Jesus goes about. He sees this man sitting at the tax collector's booth. And Jesus says to him, Follow me. What was he going to do? He's got a day job. And Jesus says the word, Follow me. I, I, I go to ask that. And I say, "Jail on the tail," and I smile at him. We wave and we say, "Hello," <laughs> you know. And then, if Jesus went there and saw jail, I said, "Jail, follow me." And Jesus like, "Oh, I'm just doing my job now." But Matthew decided to do what? Follow Jesus. He left everything. It's like Abraham. God goes to his home. And says, Abraham, I've got an assignment for you. You have to get up and move and go. I'm taking you to a place you don't know. And you know what? God didn't tell Abraham where he was going. He just said, move. And Abraham did what? Carried everything. Took his wife. Took the nephew, Lot. And off he was going. I can imagine people say, Abraham, what's happening to you? Are you mad? You're leaving your family. You're leaving your contacts, your connection, your community. And you're going to a place you don't know. Why, Abraham? Abraham said, I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. If he had clarity where he was going, at least it would make some sense. But Abraham, the Bible said he believed God. That's the audacity of faith. That says, God, you have said it, and I know it is you speaking. I am going to listen to you. I will follow you wherever it's leading. And so Abraham carries everything and is going to a place that he never knows. And it takes years. Before even Abraham gets to Canaan. Now, here Jesus meets Matthew and says, Matthew, follow me. And Matthew doesn't sit back and say, it like Jesus was giving that story of people that he said, follow me, and they were given excuses. And here, Matthew picks up, whether he picks anything or not, but we are told Matthew. Goes after Jesus. Now, as Matthew goes with Jesus, I wonder what his colleagues in the office were thinking. Matthew, are you mad? You've got a job. You've got a pension. I'm not talking in modern day language. (laughs) Where are you going, Matthew? Matthew said, I don't know. He says, I should come. I'm following him. Hallelujah. That song, I have decided to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back, that is correct. That's audacity to look at something that gives you stability, that gives you your future secure, and then you abandon it and go for something you don't know. Meanwhile, Jesus is saying to people, birds of the earth have nests. People have places, but the Son of Man has no place. So if you're following me because you think I'm a celebrity, I've got no island anywhere where you think. Like um, Richard Branson has this island just to himself. If the father was following Jesus because he had such a place, he told them plainly, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So you're not following me because I've got everything. In fact, there were some people who followed him because he made bread, you know, to feed 5,000. The next day they were pursuing him. When they found him, Jesus, we've been looking for you. Where have you been? So yes, I know. Jesus has a sense of humor. He said, I know, it's the bread you ate yesterday. That's what you're still looking for. Now, here, Jesus goes with Matthew then to Matthew's house. And all the tax collectors and all those, they have branded sinners. As soon as they saw um, Matthew following Jesus, wow, there was a bandwagon effect. And they all marched behind them. And they went to uh, Matthew's house. Matthew, from, you know, what we read here then, seemed to have been someone who had some, you know, wealth. Because he threw party just off the cuff. And people came. And they were eating and drinking. And the so-called, in quote, holy people, they called Jesus' disciples apart. say your master... Is eating with sinners. Can you imagine? This is the man we held in high honor, and here he is eating with sinners. Oh my! And Peter, uh, Jesus heard that, and he he just said, "You know, guys, the doctor is for the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the unrighteous." The church is the body of unrighteous people who have been called out by God to come and follow his righteousness. Anybody who is here who thinks that they are perfect, then this place is not for you. (laughs) Okay? Because this is the body of Christ of people coming from different places. And who have had their different histories. And who have had their different encounters in life. Some have been broken and needed mending. And God has mended us. Some have been disappointed and needed their hope raised again. And God has raised our hope. We have come with different experiences. And so we need them to show grace and mercy to one another. And here they began to talk about jesus's action but you see jesus had again he put jesus on the spot but then as they were finishing this and jesus was about to leave here comes this man my daughter is dead please come and do something he didn't say my daughter is sick he said my daughter is what dead finish could you come and do something now it's Jesus that who is being put on the spot because he's had that reputation of healing the sick and doing everything, and so Jesus says, "Okay, I'll come with you." And Jesus begins to go with this man. Then someone interrupts that movement, and that is a woman who had bleeding. You know, in the old um, version, they say had an issue of blood. But it's good in the modern language, it says she has bleeding for how many years? Twelve whole years. You can imagine that. Now, this woman says to herself, I am going after Jesus today. And if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. If only. If only. And this woman Goes after Jesus. Now, we haven't read in scripture that anybody has done that before, mind you. We haven't heard in scripture that anybody thought that if they touched the hem of Jesus' garment, they would be healed. But this woman didn't mind what had happened. And you see, the thing about Matthew's version of this story is that Matthew didn't go through all those long dramatics. You know, know, Luke and others would say that um, when Jesus, you know, felt someone touching me, turned around and asked his disciples, who touched me? But today's version, did you hear that? No. But Matthew cut to the chase. He just said, what happened on the day? But the others gave all the, you know, little bits and pieces of what happened on the day. But Jesus turns around. It's not really about Jesus. It's about the woman's faith. The woman saying, if only. And that is really What is here God is talking to us about? She didn't care what other people were thinking in their mind. We are all here today. What you're thinking is in your own mind. What I'm thinking is in my own mind. I'm judged by God, not by anyone. And what I'm thinking is like this woman. If only I could touch the hem of his garment. And here this woman went with her heart. As, soon as she did that, what happened? She was healed. Jesus looked around, and Matthew just gave us the conclusion of it. He said, go, daughter, you are healed. And that was it. But Jesus hadn't finished while he was on this journey to this other man's house. And by the time he gets there, those people are all gathered and mourning. Yesterday, in Atlanta, the U.S., one of my brothers, who passed in March, we were having a memorial service, so we joined online. It was really a heart-wrenching, you know, occasion. So I'm just thinking of this family that was put in this situation. And now Jesus comes. And says, all of the trumpeters and everybody. Would, and Jesus says, sorry, this girl is just sleeping. What? Jesus? This girl is dead. And you know, they started laughing at Jesus. Jesus is put on the spot again. They were laughing at him. And Jesus said, okay, that's fine, that's fine. Just, just keep moving, just keep moving. He moved them out of the room. And got the girl's hand. And the girl got up. Wow. When we talk about the audacity of faith, Jesus gave us reality of it. He showed us practically in different circumstances how he even used that illustration of looking at a mountain. It's not really the mountain that's important, but it's the God. Who is able to move the mountain. A lot of times, we do magnify the mountains in our lives. And we see God as a little thing. No. Rather, we should magnify God and belittle the mountain. When we are making so much of the mountain, the devil is in the background laughing at us. But shall we stop magnifying the mountain? And so Jesus, this young lady is raised. The audacity of faith is what faith is really all about. That when look at the devil, Jesus said, you will trample on snakes and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means do what hurt you. Now, I'm not saying if you see a snake out there, go and trample on it. But if that's what God has asked you to do, yes, you can. A few Christians somewhere they read that Jesus walked on the water, and they decided to go and walk on water. (laughs) And it wasn't a good experience. (laughs) Because like Peter did, in the second phase of that walking on water, they actually sank in. So when you read the Bible, you don't just say, because this person did, you know, I want to prove. No, No, nothing to prove. But if God says to you, do like matthew you jump at it say god i'm how deep do you want me to dive how high do you want me to jump that is the audacity of faith that says i am not held back by anything anybody can say anything but i know what god is saying to me and i am following god no time wasted in argument that makes no sense because in scripture god gives us examples People like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, even if God does not deliver us, we will not bow to this, your idol. And in the morning, I shared a story when I was an undergraduate. We went out as Christians to this community to go and do, you know, an outreach. Now, I don't know. These days, science has sort of caught up because these days, science has learned, they've learned how to create cloud in the days that make rain to fall using some chemicals, you know, in, in, in the atmosphere. A plane will just go over the atmosphere, you know, f- spread all of that, and it's able to really, a kind of chemical reaction. But even before that, there are people who, you know, which doctors they call them, who are able to create rain. And I come from a part where there are people like that. Not particularly my village, because where we were in school was in a different, you know, um, here we would say county, different state altogether. And so, we went out there. And those who went ahead of us, they went and set up all the equipment. And the music was playing. It was a bright sunny day like we have right now. But we heard... There was this witch doctor in that community because when things happen like that, they go and sort them out. They go and pay, you know, homage. They go and give them something. And then they will make sure, in quotes, I don't know, it doesn't rain. You have a good occasion. But on this occasion, Christians, we felt we have nothing to do with the powers of darkness. And so this man decided that it's going to rain. We're not going to have that crusade on that day. And so, those who had gone ahead had set up everything, and they were playing music. The whole community, they were gathering. And then, suddenly, the cloud began to change. It became dark. Now, what I'm telling you happened real. I experienced it, so that's what I'm saying. It's not something, story someone told me. So, we were the last batch of people who were being transported to go there. And as we were going, we discovered Far in front of us, around that community, we saw this dark cloud gathering. But behind us, there was no dark cloud. But the dark cloud was getting darker and darker, you know. And by the time we were going, they had started drizzling. And as we got close to that town square, we were hearing gunshots. And I asked people, What was a gunshot about? And they said to me, We know what it is. But I, that was my own first experience. And they began to explain that these witch doctors, what they do is they actually shoot the guns to give more efficacy to whatever it is that they are chanting. And then the rain begins to fall. So as it started drizzling, we now got there. And, you know, people had begun to run out of the town square. We said, God, what's happening? You asked us to come here and do this outreach. Are you going to allow this to scatter? And we gathered in the town square and we began to pray. And we said, God, these people will not run back to their homes and villages where they have come back from. This will happen. And so as we were praying, the guns stopped, you know, going off, okay? And then suddenly, right over our head, a little opening into the blue sky. And that dark cloud began to disperse. And that is how everything just disappeared. The rain did not fall. The drizzle stopped. And the people came back out again to hear the word of God. And many people gave their lives to Christ. That is the audacity of faith, that we held on to God and say, God, you can do this. And you have told us to come and do this here in this community, and the devil cannot stop it. People of God, why are we saying this this morning? That God wants us not to magnify our problem, but to magnify him who is the creator of the whole universe. Number two, that God wants us to confront the powers of darkness Yesterday, I had someone come to help me with, you know, the car that has been packed for how many months. And when we were doing the work, something funny happened. He was trying to fit in a part For a long time, he was struggling. And then suddenly, you know, I went and brought out, you know, um, touch lights. And I said to him, let me just point this touch. As soon as I pointed the touch, he said, oh, the thing has gone in. Actually, not because he pushed it in and we were laughing. He said, well, there's power in the light. I said, yes, indeed. That became for me an opportunity to talk about the gospel. I said, when light comes, darkness runs away. So when the light came, you know, whatever happened, the whole thing fell into place. But it gave me something to think about. That God wants us to magnify Him, confront the paths of darkness. Jump in when God says so. And don't continue to give excuses. I'm tired of believers who keep giving excuses when they know what they can do for God and they keep excusing themselves. Oh, because of that. Oh, because of the other one. Oh, because of the other one. For how long? How long do we have on earth? One day, we will exit this place. If there's something God has asked you to do, do it for him when you have that opportunity. Before I finish, if you have not given your life to Christ, This may be an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, come into my heart and let him really be the Lord of your life. Let us pray. And if you want to ask Jesus to your life, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you can quietly pray that prayer with me. You can pray with me saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to be your child. Transform my life. Change me into your child. That from today, I will serve you all my life. Thank you for your love. I receive you into my heart today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And so, Father, we just want to thank you this morning because of your word that you have given us. We pray, God, that we'll be able to respond by, Lord, obeying your word, going for the things that matter, releasing ourselves, Lord, to serve you without, O God Almighty, putting limitations are the things that you can do in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for hearing our prayer. For we pray with thanksgiving, in Jesus' name, amen.